Welcome back, everybody, to the Red Line Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Turpin, joined here frequently by my good friend, Alex Jaworski. Frequently, as always. I wouldn't say as always because we've been uh, on a like three-week hiatus. I'm going to say frequently. Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, Alex, how you doing? Justin, been doing well. Been uh, very uh, excited to see you over the past couple of days. Uh, summer coming to a close here. I know we had a lot of uh, a lot of good times, a lot of good memories, a lot of laughs, uh, certainly. But uh, back to sports, back to a schedule, back to working, and uh, ultimately back to school pretty soon, if you want to call it that. Back Absolutely. to a new career. Back well, to new beginnings. Yeah, I'd say new beginning. I wouldn't call it a career. I wouldn't really call it school either. But <laughs> it, it, it's it's a start of a new era, certainly in September. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll jump right into it here. Speaking of the start of the new era, uh, we haven't been able to address week one of the NFL yet, so we got week one and two to address for the NFL. And I start with saying new era, Cam Newton. New England Patriots quarterback has been playing very well. I mean, yeah, it's no secret. Uh, last week against the Dolphins, or two weeks ago, whenever you're going to listen to this, or two weeks ago now, uh, well, it still would be last week. Anyway, Cam Newton against the Dolphins. You know, he didn't shock me what his game plan was for week one against the Dolphins, just kind of running around. And Patriots defense certainly showed up against Miami, uh, 21-11 win. Didn't really impress me that all. Uh, uh, it didn't impress me that much. And I don't think anyone was really shocked to see them winning against the Dolphins, especially maybe 10 points is a little, not a ton. I mean, obviously coming in six, seven point favorites, but Cam Newton, I said, you know what? I'm not quite a believer yet until they say they play a real team and uh, quite the segue there for a real team in the uh, Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night football for week two. Yeah. With, with week one, I think, you know what? I thought they overran him a little bit. 15 carries in week one with a 31-year-old quarterback against the Miami Dolphins. A little much. But the thing with Cam Newton is, you know, he was he didn't throw a, t- a passing touchdown against Miami, but he should have. You know, Nikhil Harry fumbles out of the back of the end zone for a touchback. That is a big difference because if you look at this game, it's 21-11. to That was the final. But if Nikhil Harry and the Patriots score on that drive, it's 28-11, and you kind of look at that game a little differently. Absolutely. I mean – you know, you can say, uh, I never like to be one of those normal sports radio guys. It's like, oh, well, technically they won by a touchdown. Or, you know, if you look out of it. No, they didn't. You know, they missed a field goal and they could have been up at the two with the two-point conversion. No, he didn't take a face value. He dropped in the end zone or, you know, dropped it as he was breaking the plane. Can't really – tough place to fumble for sure. But uh, can't, can't do that in the, uh, the NFL there, definitely. But – 10-point win against the Dolphins, yay. I mean, was anybody surprised? Fitz magic. Fitz tragic throwing uh, three interceptions. Um, I don't know why we're not seeing two a time quite yet. Is he still hurt? Who really knows? But the question now has been, is Cam Newton too healthy where he's kind of taken over the offense? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying, you know, a 31-year-old quarterback who's been out of the league for a year is running – 15, 20 times, 70, 100 yards. He's ran 26 around. times in the last two weeks. A 31-year-old exactly. quarterback coming off a, a year that he missed the whole entire season because of injury. Exactly. So that's where you have to wonder, is he too healthy and is he doing too much? And it may sound a little outlandish to say that, but you have to keep it in the back of your mind. He is 31. He's not the, you know, 
20-something-year-old quarterback, first overall pick that can run up and down the field like that anymore. Right. You know, when you're 31, especially with injuries, has been a problem for him um, in the later part of his career uh, up until now. Uh, running him 26 times in weeks one and two, you know, against a team like the Dolphins, too, a team where I feel like you wouldn't necessarily have to run him as much as you did, you know, having him take kind of unneed- unnecessary shots. But Exactly, but – if we want to get into last night's game, Sunday night's game against the Seahawks, you didn't see him run as much. It, you know, he, he picked, you know, the offense picked where they wanted to run him. He but still had 11 talk, carries. Yes, but you want, to talk about, you want to talk about overextending a 31-year-old receiver. There's definitely a conversation there, too. Julian Edelman? Uh, yes, you're exactly <laughs> right. Julian Edelman looked good last night, except for that. That one, uh, it was a little bit high, but it was off the fingertips. That one could have been the game-winning touchdown pass uh, off the fingertips. But, man, you know what? Julian Edelman showed a lot last night. He showed you can still rely on him. And he showed, like, you know, we were texting before the game, you and I, and I was saying, you know what, we we were kind of getting our picks in. And I said, I'm going to go under in this game. The over-under was, I think, 46. I said, I'm going to go. Missed it by a long shot, obviously. But I said, I'm going to go under. And I told you the reason why is because I didn't think the Patriots were built for a shootout yet. That's what I said. I said, I was, I'm not sure if they are built for a shootout yet. And I was wrong. This team hung around with Russell Wilson. He threw five touchdown passes. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough to beat someone who's, you know, who's going to put up 30 points at least by himself. Now, I, I do want to just give credit to Russell Wilson real quick. I mean, we were texting throughout the game, and I was saying, you know what, those were some of the best throws I've ever seen that Russell Wilson made just perfect. Like sky balls right into the bread basket. It was incredible to watch that game. That was one of the best games I've seen in a while, to be completely honest. Yesterday was a great day of football between the Cowboys Falcons and the Patriots game. And even the chiefs game, that was just a great week two of football. Uh, Everything was great. Other than the injuries, obviously a lot of key players going down. Yeah, certainly. But like I said earlier, I mean, I wanted to see the Patriots play a real team. And I think, the Seattle Seahawks are quite qualified as a real team. Absolutely. And they, I mean, the sky's the limit for the Patriots now. I mean, you want to talk about, oh, we're ruined with Tom Brady. I mean, if you went back on our predictions, I mean, I don't think we had them going above 500. I mean, they're. No. And the people still are sleeping on the Patriots. I think it's, it's no secret that, oh, Tom Brady's gone. They're not going to be able to spin it. I mean, they. You know, you want to, I earlier I may contradict myself here. I mean, they 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 came down to the last play against the Seahawks, a Super Bowl contender certainly, and a MVP front runner in Russell Wilson this year at least. Let Russ cook, of course, but you come, you know, five points away, six points away from beating the Seahawks. I mean, on the last play, I mean, you could be easily two and zero going into a game against the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Exactly. Could be looking Sorry. at three and zero, but you know what? That game is like, it might have been a loss, but you know what? The Patriots really kind of—I feel like they found an identity. You know, Cam Newton showed that he can throw the ball. That's what I wanted to see with Cam Newton. I wanted to see him stand in the pocket and actually throw the ball. We didn't see a lot of that against Week One in Week One against Miami, which is kind of something I wanted to see. You know, yes, Cam Newton can still run the ball, but can he still throw it? And he proved last night that he can. Quite honestly, I think that's the best he's thrown the ball in his career. I really never thought Cam Newton was much of a passer. I always thought he was a, um, a runner that can throw. But Cam he looked great. He sure did. And, you know, going over 300 yards, I mean, yeah, it was a shootout. Yeah, Seattle secondary was a little banged up at, towards the end of the game, second half at least. But 
300, over 300 yards, 340, 330, and only one pick and a touchdown. I mean, couldn't get that one and a half touchdowns over, but uh, of course, but he, he shined. He shined on Sunday night, and I think that he, uh, he sealed the deal, so to say, in a lot of people's minds that he can hang and he can still play. Yeah, absolutely. And um, now they're going into a game against the Las Vegas Raiders this week at home. Uh, where they're only minus six and a half points, Alex, just to note that for uh, Sunday. Only minus six and a half. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be watching with intent tonight against the, uh, the Saints and the Raiders. Of course, a Michael Thomas-less New Orleans Saints. Let's kind of get into that real quick. thing is, um, well, what are your picks for tonight, Alex, real quick? Real quick, uh, I think the Saints are just too good of a team. I mean, yeah, Oakland's opening up their new building, but they don't have the firepower like New Orleans does. They don't have the two-headed dragon behind the center, of course, with Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara. So, Michael Thomas or not, Kamara can still take that game over. Drew, Drew Brees can still uh, think and dunk to, uh, to Whoever Kamara. he wants. Emmanuel and Sanders. He, he's still got Emmanuel Sanders. Gary he's Cook. Get, he's still going to get Cook. He's, Taysom Hill, I'm sure, will probably get some shots. Uh, oh Tory Smith will most certainly be involved more today. So they they still have th- they still have a lot of threats and the Raiders. I mean, depending upon what Henry Ruggs is up to, I mean, if he wants to run and run and let Derek Carr throw him the ball, let's see. I, I think I think uh, the Saints are going to have this game. I'm going to completely agree with you. I think the Saints have too much firepower, like you said. And, uh, yes, they are without Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas was kind of a, no, a non-factor last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their defense played great against the Buccaneers, and their offense still moved the ball, even without Michael Thomas really not contributing too much to the offense. Uh, so I definitely think New Orleans wins this game. And I don't know what the bookmakers were thinking, only making that minus five and a half. I mean, minus three and a half last week. I mean, what was that? Three and a Tampa Bay. I get three and a half, though. I mean, that, that, that Buccaneers team going into the season, and then it still has so much potential. You know what I mean? That's still a team with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, uh, a shell of Rob Gronkowski, obviously the GOAT Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette now, and even Rojo's. Rojo's been running the ball pretty well. You know, so that team still has a lot of potential. And even they have a defensive player of the year candidate on defense with Devin White. Their defense is good. Three and I didn't think that was bad, the three and a half against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but only minus five and a half against the Raiders. I think that I think the bookmakers are crazy for that one. Uncrowned champs. Tell me where you've heard this before. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into this season, paper champs. I, I, you know, I'm just, you know, I know it's it, Tom Brady has like, it, it's Tom Brady. I don't even know what to tell you right now. It's Tom Brady. I can't, I can't count him out. I just can't, especially with a coach like Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a great coach. They looked good against the Panthers, but do you know Tom Brady only threw for like 19 yards in the second half? Uh, yeah, I was just about to say the fact that throughout the third quarter, he'd only threw for five yards. Five yards, and I think it was finished only 19. In the, well, he looked good the first half. I think he had 195 in the first half. But if I'm not mistaken, I think he had 18 or 19 total passing yards in the second half. Can you give me one guy, one name on the uh, Carolina Panthers secondary? <laughs> um, I can't no, either. I don't exactly, think I can. Exactly Off the my top, point. You caught me lacking there. No, I, no, can't. Teddy Ballgame. Why? Why? Why are we paying him money? 
Teddy ball game. You don't want to get. Yeah, I thought he was a little overpaid too. He went five and zero with the Saints team, and you know what? All I can remember is uh, from that run last year with the Saints when they went five and zero. Is um, that game against Jacksonville when there was like two touchdowns scored total? Yeah, <laughs> like I was like, did they really just give this guy that much money? Yep. Like they just scored like two touchdowns total. Like, well, what the hell's going on here? Exactly. Exactly. So, Tampa Bay paper champs, one and one. We'll see. And they get. The Broncos this week without Drew Locke, without Cortland Sutton, another team. And they're only minus six. The Tampa Bay's only minus six this week. Yeah, we'll see. Let's, uh, what, we, what else do we have? Of course, we have not touched a whole lot uh, for week two. Obviously, kind of skipping week one. Whoops. Uh, anyway, but it's too much football. That is great. It's great to have football back no matter what. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, the like I said a little bit earlier, the big thing about week two was all the injuries. Yeah, I mean – the whole San Francisco 49ers top payroll. See ya. Even the MRI truck. Did you yeah. see that? <laughs> I didn't see that. So uh, the MRI truck like broke down or something. Oh, jeez. I don't need. Oh, and so apparently like the plane got hit in the wrong. Let me see. Let me look this up. Hang on. Hang on. I'm pretty. Why like... you filling that? Uh, we had Jimmy G go down. We had Raheem Mostert who rushed for nearly 100 yards in that game. Uh, the boat, one of the Bosa twins, most likely done. Saquon. Tearing up his ACL. I mean, who? She's. I. I mean, Paris Campbell. Here we go. It's first thing I see here. 49ers disastrous weekend of injuries, delays, delay, delays continues when MRI truck breaks down. So the 49ers MRI truck breaks down, and the team plane was hit on the runway, causing a delay. Yikes. 49ers had to alter travel plans on their way to play due to damage to their own team jet. <laughs> Poor San Francisco. What is happening out there, man? I don't know, man. Super Bowl <laughs> champ. Super Bowl finalists. So does that mean know. we're going to get um, Nick Mullins when they come to visit here or when they come and play uh, in New England? No Jimmy G? With Obviously, he's out with the, high, the, the ankle sprain. I hope not, man. They better shoot some uh, HGH in, his, in that ankle so it can heal faster. Right? I mean, they can't – well, next this week they play against the Giants, so maybe they can go without him this week against the 0-2 Saquonless Giants. The Giants on offense have looked awful. This is a team going into the season that, you know, people are saying, oh, there's a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Uh, I don't know. Is it Jason Garrett? Is it his fault? Well, you have an inexperienced head coach. You have a yeah. What were they thinking? I'm pretty like did Joe Judge even wear a headset on the New England sideline? No, nope, no, he didn't. <laughs> so the other thing is, you have an experienced, inexperienced quarterback too. So that coped with a quarterback, uh, or rather, a head coach who was an assistant uh, for the most part. Uh, Saquon was non-existent in Week One, and. Now he's done with the torn ACL. Now he's done for the year. The Giants, I mean, who you're going to be throwing the ball to? Deion Lewis has to be like 40 years old at this oh, point. Oh, no, I they, mean, I just uh, feel they old. brought in Devontae Freeman for a workout. Oh, yeah. he Yeah, just like he was going to sign in Jacksonville. That didn't happen either. Yeah, now James Robinson's taking over. Great pickup, by the way, by myself. The one and one Jaguars. Uncle the, Rico, man, he's hanging in there. Almost beat the Titans on Sunday. And you know, did you see the Thursday night game for this week? 
I sure did. And when we watched the Thursday night game, or rather we watched the Celtics and the Thursday night game, of course, we have the old, what was it, Jacksonville-Miami game? That's this week. Uh, last week when we were watching the Celtics and the Thursday night game, um, it was the Battle of Ohio, the Cleveland Browns versus Cincinnati Bengals on a Thursday night. And Which you- turned out to be a pretty good game. Well, you know what? Any football game is a good game. I can watch football. Well, I mean, I'm not well, you know what I mean. It's football. The Battle of Dukey, Ohio. I mean, sorry to all you people who live in Ohio. I'm sure you love living there anyway. Not. What's there to do yeah, that? Not. That's why they got Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That's their only football team that's good. So I just want to, you know what? This has been a kind of thing that I've always been saying is I hate Thursday night football. And I just want to give you the list of the upcoming matchups here Dolphins, Jaguars, Broncos, Jets. Ah. Bears, Bucks, Chiefs, Bills. That's going to be a good game. That that that'll be a good game. Giants, Eagles. Oh man. Falcons, Panthers. Packers, Niners. That might be a good one too. That'll be a good one. Colts, Titans. That could be a good one. Division. That could be. Seahawks, Cardinals. That'll be a good game. Certainly. Texans and Lions. I'll be sleeping in the second half on that one. Yeah, really. Cowboys, Ravens. That that'll be a good one. Patriots, Rams, Chargers, Raiders, Vikings, Saints. Yeah, and that's I it. Don't know. That's it. it. I mean, there is a uh, less than fifty percent approval rate from the both of us, and we're pretty generous. So, Eesh, I don't know. Thursday night football, man. <laughs> Not fun. And the players don't even like it. I love I love football on Thursday, but why are you giving me the Dolphins and the um, the Dolphins and the Jaguars? Like, what the hell? Hey. I don't know. I don't know. But what do you think the biggest takeaway was from this week looking around the league here? Uh, For every team or just the Patriots? What are we talking here? I'd say for every team, but I think it's pretty blatant what a close, uh, what number one or a close second is, is that the Patriots are here. The Patriots are absolutely here. The biggest takeaway is um, Cam Newton's legit. You know, he proved it. That's my big takeaway is he proved that he still got it. And like I said earlier, I think he's threw the, threw the ball better than I've ever seen him throw the ball. So he proved that he is legit and that he is here to stay. I certainly hope so. I don't know about staying necessarily, but he's, uh, he's making his case early on in uh, the first half of the football season here to uh, – Make his claim, comeback player of the year, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? I think Alex Smith wins comeback player of the year, even if he doesn't see the field. Yeah, that's I think that, probably right that's, on that one. That's probably a guarantee if I'm my, my way, way too early predictions here. I think Alex Smith's got comeback player of the year locked up, regardless if he sees the field or not. And um, for MVP, man, it better be Russ. He's never gotten a vote yet, and he starts off the season with 11 incompletions. That's it. Out of two games, 11 incompletions on the year. Not bad. And that pick That's yesterday was not at all his fault. No. It went right through nope. Greg Olson's hands. It was a layup for uh, the McCourty brother there. It was, and a pretty cool movement. Uh, cr- pretty cool moment when he was yelling, 2 we love you, brother, into the, uh, into the camera there after the touchdown. Nah, I thought that was that whole uh... – Celebrate here thing? That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, the celebrate here thing, too. You know what? I do have one complaint about last night's game, though. If we're, yes. in, if we're in week three, why are we scheduling a West Coast game for the Sunday night game? It was like 5 o'clock there. It was like light, and it was light the whole first half. It was like an additional 4 o'clock game. 
Yeah. <laughs> why, I, like, why isn't that game on the East Coast? If it's Sunday that. night football, that is just an additional 4 o'clock game. It was a 5 o'clock start in Seattle. Leave that up to the powers that be. Like, was that was I the only one that was annoyed by that? Like, watching this, like, damn, this is like Sunday night football. It was pitch black It was pretty outside. light out. It was pitch black outside here. I'm watching Sunday night football, and it's light out. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, it's like 5 o'clock in Seattle. That is another 4 o'clock game. That is not a Sunday night football game. If you're going to have Sunday night football in the, in the West, just at least put it in a dome so we can't tell. <laughs> what the hell is the, the point of Sunday night football if it's light out? That's not Sunday night oh, football. Man. It's 5 o'clock football. It's 5 o'clock somewhere in Seattle, apparently. Apparently, well, not apparently. It was it was, five was five o'clock somewhere. It was five o'clock in Seattle. But that was yeah. that just got me mad. I was like, "How am I watching Sunday Night Football? I hear Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, and it's bright out." I was like, "What the hell?" Just be grateful that we have football beyond, on our television. Screen. I'm beyond grateful for football, and I'm beyond grateful that uh, for the first two weeks, no positive tests, so we can just focus on football. Thank God, right? I am still in shock, barring the issue in the MLB earlier on, that all four major league sports are being played all at once. Now, can, can I just throw this out there? You know, if you're the, so if you're at the NBA, you're watching the MLB um, finish their season or playing their season right now in their home markets and then going into the bubble for the playoffs. The NFL, I mean – Probably the if I had a guess, you know, I'm I'm no doctor or scientist here, but if I had a guess, what sport would have COVID transmitted the easiest? I would think football. You're spitting, bleeding, sweating, everything all over these guys. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. they're playing out of their home fields. They're staying at their own houses. All that. The NBA and NHL, you know, they're in their bubbles still. You know, like if you're at the NBA, you're like, was this like a waste of money? If, uh, if you could have finished it out in your home markets, I love the bubble. Don't get me wrong. I think the bubble has been great. The games in the bubble, I love the bubble videos. But, like, if you're a player, especially the coaches, like, the coaches are not allowed to have their families in the bubble. Coaches and – it's only the players that can have their family in the bubble right now. So, those coaches, like Brad Stevens, hasn't seen his kids since what? When they get there? The middle of July? So – Mid early July, he hasn't seen his kids. I I have no idea. Like, I don't know how you let the players there and not the coaches. Like, it's just like if I'm the coaches and I'm the players, like you see all these people, all like the NFL, you know, they're going home to their families. You know, uh, MLB, if they have a positive case, they kind of shut it down. But the MLB is kind of copying the um, the bubble, and they're going to play in at the Texas Rangers ballpark for the playoffs, so they don't have an outbreak. But but, like, you're watching this, and you're like, wow, like, I've been separated from my family for so long. Even even the players, though. You know, you didn't get your family until the second round. So, you, you're separated from your family all this time. The NBA spent all this money. Was it a waste? That's all I'm saying is, you know what, like, could it have – could they have finished the season here? When they, when they went there, it felt like it was the only realistic option. You know, we were on the show. We were saying, oh, football, I don't know. Kind of, We were kind of, like, hesitant to talk about football. I didn't really – this summer, I kind of really didn't talk about football much. Well, one, because there was actual, like, playoffs and stuff in the, in the summer. But two, because we weren't too sure if the season was going to happen. 
it's pretty telling when they cancel the preseason. I mean, that's right. So first it goes to two games and then it goes to no games and kind of looking at that and you're like, Oh, they canceled well, the preseason. How is this going to work? How are you going to, cause you can't have a bubble for the NFL. Where are you going to find that land? Like you got to rip down a whole national park or something to get that land. Where are you going to find that? You're not going to get that anywhere else. So nope. there was no, there was no realistic bubble plan for the NFL. And it was kind of like, how are they going to do it? One case and it's over. And I don't know if you caught this um, game uh, week one, Texans chiefs. There was, um, there was a little piece that all the players and coaches and everyone and everyone on the field and part of game day operations, wears these little trackers. They're almost like watches that uh, they, they track where you go and can tell where, how close you've been. So say a player does test positive um, on your team or, or your opposing team, it tells you how close you were to that person. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was high tech. That's the NFL for you. Always I did see that. I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, that's, that's obviously a good tool to have. But, like, like, you see the locker room videos. You know, they're still all huddled up. You know, the MLB, you hit a walk-off, they're still doing air hugs. It's just football's kind of more laid back, and it's in their own, their own markets. And I saw after, after week one, the, the league kind of said to the coaches, you guys got to wear the face coverings. And then I see Pete Carroll last night. I don't think he saw him with his up once. And then nope. Bill Belichick was over the nose. I don't know if it was over the mouth, though. It was covering the mouth. I don't know <laughs> if it was. I don't know what was going on there. Me either. It looked like the bird, man. But, like, like Pete Carroll, you know, you didn't see him wearing much. It's just I feel like the NFL's a lot. They are still doing their test. And you know what? They Two weeks in with all these players. The NFL, they carry the most on their roster. You carry the most for, like, game day operations, water, like, Whatever it may be, the people that travel with the team in your NFL, you have the most people on your sideline by far than any other sport. So you administrate the most tests. You have the biggest chance. Because obviously when you get more people in there, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't think it takes a genius to say this. The more people there, the more of a chance you get. Right, but I understand you in saying all that. But the bottom line is if they're all negative, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You're not just going to catch it. No, I agree. If you're you're not in contact with someone who has COVID, they can hug. They can do whatever. You can spit on another guy for all I know, and he's not just going to magically catch you. If you're going one-on-one with these guys the whole time, sweating, breathing, why can't you switch jerseys? We touched on this when the jersey jersey swab, that whole rule came out. We kind of touched on this. Why can't you switch jerseys? Why can't you hug after the game? Which I feel like they're still doing. You know, watching NFL, I feel like that's the most – normal it's been if if that makes sense watching sports the bubble obviously you can tell that's not that's not normal they're not in the, they're not in stadiums they're in like a they're in an AAU court you know what i mean and right. MLB yeah but you can see the stands like with the NFL you can't see the stands it just looks normal like watching yesterday i'm like like i forgot all about it like i was like wow like this is football this is awesome and you know it's the Dallas Cowboys had 21,000 people in, in the attendance yesterday it's not bad I mean, when the stadium's that big, why not, right? You can socially distance in the stadium. Like, why not have people in? And I know um, for game one in Kansas City, Chiefs-Texans, there was a, a fan that had it. Did you see that report? There was a fan that tested positive. And was yes, at the, I did. And was at the game. I don't, I I don't know that. what else come, came after it, but um, again, you, you got to assume that the stadium rules are pretty strict, that they're really strict about what you can and can't do. I bet you – the the concourse is a one-way traffic. You know what I mean? Everyone going. It's not like it used to be where 
you know, you can walk into people and stuff. I bet you everyone goes one way. It's all one way traffic, just kind of keeping it as safe as it possibly can. If the stadiums are that big, I don't see why you can't have people in there. No, and I think you'll start to see, you know, more and more states kind of lean back on it, I'm sure. Same thing with the Patriots. I mean, sooner or later, I mean, they're going to At least you start. could stick them in the 300s, right? If you're worried about the players getting sick. At least stick them in the 200s, 300s. I mean, it's- yeah, you see, the, you, you see them a lot of uh, a lot on TV. They have a couple rows of, from the benches cleared. Yeah, so they the obviously they, they have They have uh, the yeah. ads there. But if, if, if the stadium's that big, it'll put people in there. That's just lost revenue. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're hurting. They're not hurting, you know, like, it's not like any team's going to be going for a fire sale anytime soon, but they're hurting. But, I mean, I don't think that it'll be too long until you, you'll start to see, you know, signs. I mean, it's even today they CDC put out a draft, which was not meant to be put out, that I believe COVID cannot be caught through air particles. So, I mean, that's even – even now more – even now, more narrowing it down to how you can actually catch COVID. And now you're seeing a lot more symptom- asymptomatic cases where, you know, you may have it, but you, you're not, you know, you're, you're not showing any symptoms. So it's not as dangerous as to the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe it's dangerous for the next guy, but for you, you know, oh, I don't have, I have this, but I'm showing no symptoms. It's not a big deal. As you kind of, like obviously this has been going on since, since March now. So, you know, they've had, they get more sample sizes, more time to study it. And, you know, this isn't like just, it's not like the United States is the only country working on this. Everyone's working on this. And um, you look at all the other sports leagues too, like the KBO, they started letting fans in. Um, I thought the MLB would follow a similar path. They want to have fans in the bubble, which doesn't make any sense to me. So they want to have the world series. They want to have fans there, but you want to put it in a bubble. How do you expect that to work? I mean, What's not to work about it, though? I, I mean, mean, if you're going to be in a, can... a bubble, I mean, what are just like people from Texas that, that are there, or people that are in Texas? Like, if you want to put – are you putting just the players in a bubble? I don't see – you know what? I don't see why, why they can't. You know, I don't – when was the last positive case? Was it for the athletics like two weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, even then, you're asymptomatic. You're, they, you, they shut it down. It's not like we're having any giant, you know, terrible, you know – what, what's the word I'm looking for? Terrible outbreaks, you know. Well, it's... I think I think regardless if you're asymptomatic or not, they're they're not gonna let you play. They're not Absolutely. they're gonna hold oh, the game, yeah, no obviously. Um, but it's what you're seeing more and more of, and it the, the virus has become less and less less and less of a threat for the major leagues, major sports leagues at least, you know. And and I do get obviously, the idea. Yeah, obviously you have your players opt out, you know, if you're looking at someone like the Patriots or something like that, but you know, that's when science isn't totally revealed about this. And now we're coming to November where it's kind of like everyone's kind of creeping back. There was a fear of a quote unquote second wave, but I mean, the closer we get to 2021, the less of a threat we have for a second wave. And we, you know, I understand we can't let all fans back in at once, but I mean, you'll see You'll start to see even for the Patriots, you know, Using them as another example, you're going to see fans there hopefully in October. Or, you know, the original plan was throughout the end of September. And, so, and Massachusetts has been one of the hardest states. Exactly. On, on, exactly. on restrictions. And, and so, 
I mean, if they start to let fans in, I mean, you know what? Like watching the game in Kansas City week one, watching the Jacksonville game week one, even watching Dallas yesterday and a couple other teams had fans. I was looking, I was like, wow, you know what? That looks pretty, pretty good. You know, everyone's face covered, everyone's distance. It's, I don't see it. It's kind of like, it, it, it's kind of, it's a risk whenever you're in public. You know what I mean? And if it's a you're risk. You're going, you, people don't realize how at risk they are going in public without a global pandemic going on. That's the problem with people. And that's the truth. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like if that's a risk we're willing to take, then let the fans in. And, you know, it's, it's, if it's safe to the players, it's safe to – if the employees at the stadiums, at the vendors and the ushers, I, I assume they cut back major on how many they need because they won't need that many. If stadium's meant to fit 80,000, you're only putting 21 in there. Uh, obviously, you're going to cut down a lot on the game day personnel. But – it, it, watching the games so far that have had fans, I think it looks pretty safe. And I'm no yeah, dog. I'm mean, no professional. Like we're still, we're we're going to school to to be sports sports broadcasters. Broadcaster. We're not we're not doctors by any means. I'm not scientists by any means. But looking at it, I'm like common sense. You know, six feet apart. Keep your distance. You're outside. Everyone's got a mask on. It, it, they're following all the mandates. I don't see why you can't have fans. And you know, quite honestly, I think. Gillette will open up the fans real, real soon. I sure hope so. I mean, the only problem is you go into tailgating. You know, you start to get a little loosey-goosey there. That's the only real Well, that's issue. their own stupidity, though. You know what I mean? That's not on That's not on the organization. That's not on the New England Patriots. And though what the New England Patriots are, I don't know. I don't know if you've been – when we went there, we actually did a video there. Remember when the security guards came streaming up to us? They, they're pretty tough there. So, you know, I would assume that they'd still remain pretty tough, but – that's your own stupidity if you're out tailgating with random people. You know what I mean? Tailgate with your crew, the people that you're going to the game with. That's a little, just do that. You know what I mean? It's, it's your stupidity if you do that. That's not on the organization. But I do get uh, what yeah. you're saying. But that's just that's like the only thing. That's the only thing that, you know, organizations have to look up. Because it's obviously not good, good publicity. You know, you have a guy Absolutely. test positive. You have a woman test positive, whatever it might be. And they're around, you know, several other thousand fans. Obviously, it's going to be a bit of a problem. But, you know, you go into it like it's a, what, 60,000-person state. You make it I, – I don't, I don't think Massachusetts will go up right into the 21 like Dallas did. I don't think we'll have that much no, right away. Dallas also didn't have a ton of masks going, as I saw. But, I mean – And, you if know, you that, that was a but, dome, too. That's, in, but that's inside. If, but if you have an 80,000-seat stadium, I think you can be a little – Loose on state of the art stadium. Yeah, I mean, you can be a little loose on where you can sit, or you know how far away you can sit, or what you can do while you're there. Obviously, different states have different have been affected differently. You know, Texas is a little bigger, so obviously they're not going to have a lot more. It is a little bigger; they may have more cases, but they're not all. It's not like a like a Boston or New York where everyone's kind of living on top of each other. You know, you got plenty of room in Texas. Right, your, your nearest neighbor is about five miles down the road. Yeehaw, yeah. Yeehaw, so, right? My my bottom line is you have to start letting the people back into the stadiums. One, money-wise, revenue-wise, for the league and each respective team. But more and more science is coming out about this disease where you may catch it here, you may not catch it here. And you can't catch it this way and you can't catch it another way. So, I mean... And if you, what's the risk? If you follow for, to the average the mandates, person, what's the risk? I mean, it's if you follow all the mandates and you're you're separated, you got your mask on. I mean, like I said, you got 
I think it's a pretty reasonable guess to think that those concourse is one-way traffic. I can't, yeah, I can't even, see them go through it. Like, I bet you there's one entrance, one exit. That's it. And you know what? I, would, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they take temperatures too. You know, um, I think you can make this safe. And, yes, you don't pack the stadium. 20, even 21, you know, 21,000 in an indoor stadium. Maybe that was a little much. But, well, so you we'll, have to we'll think see. of it on a scale. You have to think of it on a scale. 80,000 seats and, right. you know, yeah, AT&T right. Stadium, right. over 80,000. I mean, you know, what's what's 20% right. or 10, 15%? So, I mean. And like you said, you know, it's it's a loss of revenue. I think eventually they got to let people back into the stands. You know what I mean? You're just losing a lot of money. There's only so much uh, marketing and uh, putting out ads you, that you can get money from that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think if I had to take a guess, this is just a wild guess. Uh, after this game against Oakland, uh, the, the Las Vegas Raiders now, next home game, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see fans in Gillette Stadium. No, and they already had mandates to put them in, and they already have however much percentage of people they can put in there. So, I mean, the plan was throughout the end of September, Massachusetts uh, legislation has been very tight on COVID guidelines, of course, so we'll have to see if they stay true to the word. I doubt it. Who knows? But why not? That's my point. Why not? So this week would be, this upcoming Sunday would be September 27th. They are at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'd be shocked if they say there can be fans in between now and Sunday. I was being Monday, uh, today and Sunday. I think I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised. Then the Patriots are on the road against Kansas City. And uh, then they return back home Sunday, October 11th against Denver, the Denver Broncos. Um, and I think that might be the first day that we see fans in the stands in, in yeah. Boston. Well, I'd be shocked if they're there. No. Well, I'd be shocked if they're not there. No. So it's kind of just. No, it's kind of just like, all right, you know what? So let's see how it goes. This, this gives you another two weeks to kind of see what other state. You know, Massachusetts, like we said, they've been really tight. The legislation has been really, really tight on it. You know, this gives you two weeks to see how other, fan, other teams that have had stand, fans in the stands how it works for them. You know, if Dallas just had, if they had their 21,000 on Sunday and, you know, now you have two weeks to see how that goes. If it goes well, there's no reason you shouldn't have fans in the stands. And I, and I think it's only a matter of time until uh, every stadium in the NFL, at least will start to have um, at least 20%, 15, 25% capacity. And there's no reason if it's outside in the, uh, the stadiums that big, you know what I mean? It's just a loss of revenue. And if it's working for these other teams, I don't see why not. Just just follow the correct mandates. But again, we're not scientists, nor are we doctors. But that's just kind of the common man here, the common sportsman talking. Exactly. And you know what? You have to think, too. I mean, how many? what's the demand going to be? I mean, people aren't going to want to go out anyway. So if you let those people who say, hey, let's give it a shot. I mean, oh, how many these, actually? How many actual people like that are these season ticket holders from like 1970, whatever it may be? Those guys aren't going to go to the games. You know, you, your grandfather, 88, he probably won't be going to the game. You know what I mean? It's going to be more. He's probably not going to the game anyway. It's so. It's it's going to be people that are willing to take the risk. And you know what? If at this point, if if you're not willing to take the risk, then they obviously they won't go. You know, people. But some people are. You know what? They're tired of being cooped up. And you know what? If the if the mandates are strong enough and if they feel safe enough, they'll go. And that's, that's a risk that is up to the people. You know, nobody's forcing you to go. Just And I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure every team is going to be maybe, you know, something like Dallas, Texas, is going to be a little looser than the powers that be in Massachusetts, of course. But 
you know Massachusetts is going to be on. Like, yeah, I like, mean, they're going to take every yeah, they're going to take every step to make it as safe as possible. You know, absolutely. obviously they want it. They want to keep improving and keep building on how many people can go into the game. So it's just a, I I think it's been a common theme for our red line podcast. Wait and our see. Favorite three words. Wait and see. Absolutely, and I think uh, November 11th, man. That's what I'm going to stick by. Sunday, November 11th, we will see fans in Gillette Stadium. That's just my. Again, the common man, common sports fan talking. That's your bold prediction? It's not even a bold prediction because, like, like you said, you know, if they're not there, I'm not surprised. If they're there, I'm not surprised. Because, again, it's just two more weeks of seeing how things are. It's kind of like they're taking the wait-and-see approach, our favorite. Oh, yeah. They're taking that wait-and-see approach. And now, you know, two more weeks, and they're going to see, see how it works for these teams. And you know what? If they're there, they're there. I wouldn't be surprised. If they're, they're not there, I wouldn't be surprised. But – Again, the common man to me, common sports fan, I think November, uh, October 11th against the Denver Broncos will be the first time we see fans. And you know, Alex, the Denver Broncos, my boys. Lead them boys. I'll be there. Just kidding. I'll, I will be there. I will totally be there with my mask on, of course. And uh, Are you going to sneak in like the guy at Fenway? That was hysterical. No, I'm not. Whose dad is that? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Hope that guy's all right in the head, man. Yeah. How did he do that? How did he get in there? I don't know. I, I want to know the same thing. <laughs> how did he get honestly, in there? Honestly, man. That's impressive. He sure is. <laughs> I mean, he got like, he jumped down too. I was like, well, this, this could end really poorly. This could end really, really poorly. That guy could have went in there with anything. Who knows? Thank God he was just there to right? show support. I didn't for even him. think about that. For the marathon and nine eleven, that guy could have came in with an AK forty seven, and we could have had we could have been minus two baseball teams. As as crude as that sounds, I didn't that even is think that about 100% that. One hundred percent truth. I didn't even. I mean, they've been stopping the games for for drones and whatnot. How do they miss this guy? <laughs> it's not like there's anybody guarding these stadiums because there's no people there. No. Now you're gonna now you're gonna hire more people to guard these places. Oh, geez, that sounds like a nightmare. And they're already hurting enough uh, revenue-wise. Well, it's a good thing for the Red Sox is uh, I think they only have one more home series, and then they're done for the season, and they could Oof. focus on 2021. It stinks. <laughs> yeah, nice, not nice and good either. And, no, uh, absolutely not. And, Alex, I think our predictions at the beginning of the season for the Boston Red Sox hit right on the head that it was going to be a nightmare. And if there was any year to experiment, it was this year. You know, our boy in the beginning of the year um, – I'm forgetting his name right now, too. Um, second baseman. They even DFA'd him. See, that's how this is the Red Sox team we're dealing with here. Zui Lin. No, not him. I caught, I saw him walking on the train station one time. I got a nice picture with Tuzi Lin. But um, no. Tuzi Lin. No, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, God, what's the second baseman there? Brock Holt. No, no dude, no. Well, Chavis? he got DFA'd. No, he was a boy. He hit the home run against the Baltimore Orioles. I'm blanking. Oh, wow. You know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's uh, Polanco. Polanco? <laughs> that ain't right. Hang on. Hang on. Now it's going to piss me off if I don't remember it. Let me go way back. It's, uh... Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Ruiz, Polanco. Hey, uh, hang on. Yeah. I got to find it. Peraza. Was... Peraza. 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 Jose Peraza. Yeah, yeah. All right. That was our point. I'm pretty sure he's DFA'd by now. Kevin Pillar is not even with the team anymore. To be honest, when this Red Sox team, I mean, when we saw them kind of hit the fan, I stopped watching. I mean, I follow them still. Um, now Bobby Dahlbeck's my new guy. 
He's been playing great. Yeah, and they already brought him up, so he's done for another year <laughs> on his contract until they trade him. But there's still a lot of work to do with this Boston Red Sox franchise. I know. It's dis- I don't know if it's even disappointing. They just they do what the Celtics do best, and that suck. The Celtics? Bes- I mean, the Red Sox oh, do what okay, they do okay. best. Besides winning, is suck. And that's what they did this year. Yep. That's exactly what they did this year. And um, I think that'll just about do it for today's episode. I know. Before we touch on the Celtics. I know. Don't get I me know. fired up. You were going to get me started on the Celtics. And that's Wednesday's episode. Am I, am I right, Jaws? Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, we can't commit to anything. I mean, we can't stay on a schedule, apparently. But, hey, with the end of summer being uh, sun, summer coming to a close now, um, a lot of time on our hands. No excuses now. Alex and I heading into our new chapter. Uh November, so we'll have a studio to work in and whatnot. It's going to be a good time. Uh, looking forward to it, but that'll just about do it today. Alex, you want to go ahead and plug the socials? Uh, sure, you can follow me on Instagram, Alex Jaworski underscore. Of course, if you're still in the mood for some wrestling talk from uh, somewhere around the middle of July, <laughs> be sure to follow. J and J Wrestling Pod at J and J Wrestling Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to follow on Spotify the J and J Wrestling Podcast. And you can... haven't been there in a while either. <laughs> haven't been uh, able to hold quite the schedule as of recent. So, but like I said, do whatever you got to do, and uh, you can be sure to follow me on Instagram too. If we're gonna plug our main accounts at Justin Turpin, and be sure you follow. Did you say the Red Line account? I don't even know. And be sure no, to follow us to. on Instagram at RedlineSports617 and on Twitter at RedlineSports6. Thank you for listening, everybody. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We will talk to you guys hopefully on Wednesday. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Over the, Over nose, the nose and, and the, the mouth. mouth. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>